Hey everybody, welcome to An American F1 Podcast. Back at you with another report on just the news and little things going on in Formula 1, especially now during this off-season time. Man, one of the biggest things going on right now is this whole debate among pre-season testing. So, there has been a little semantics question Uh, A little bit of controversy, I guess you could say. And I think really people just getting annoyed because we want the access to preseason testing. We want to see these new cars for 2022. And people are very frustrated off the latest news that came down from Formula One. And that being with the 2022 preseason dates. There is a first, it's not a test, it's a preseason session in Spain. In Barcelona and basically the issue with that test that people are complaining about is the fact that it will not be held live there will not be the usual broadcast with it there will not be live timing F1 did promise us however that we will be getting live data so that is a bright spot to take out of it but it will not carry the usual I guess you could say pomp and circumstance of the preseason test where we are getting everything for those three days information feeded to us live as we want it in spain that will not happen it will not be open to the public we will only get what formula one provides for us and the reasons for it are relatively unknown we're not exactly sure why some people are speculating that's because of sponsorship money these other things there's a whole litany of things that people think about it but listen we got to look at the bright side of it we're going to get live we're going to get not live time but we will get reports we will get data from it at the end of each session. So there's at least something we can take away from it. And people were going hard on social media. I mean, people were attacking Will Buxton, for God's sakes. Like, Will Buxton is probably one of the most genuine guys. They were calling him, like, you know, uh, basically portraying him as this propagandist for Formula One. And I don't think that's true. I think he was just trying to say his honest opinion. And he got a lot of flack for it. And uh, it was a little insane. But our official preseason test will be at Bahrain. We'll be at Sakir. And honestly, it'll be from March 10th to 12th. I don't think this is a bad thing that we have whatever you want to call the preseason session, whether you want to call it a shakeout, shakedown, um, you know, unveiling. I don't know what you want to call that. But I think it's kind of good because we have that first test or whatever you want to call it again in Barcelona. And then we have Bahrain. So maybe we get a chance to see what teams have worked on with their cars. Maybe we'll get a better chance to see what the field is actually going to look like as we go into Bahrain, as we go into the first Grand Prix of the season. But, I mean, I think that was, I understand why the big news was there, but I don't think we need to, like, crucify everybody for it. The decision is made. It is what it is. I know we want to access. I know we wish Formula 1 was more transparent with some things, but it's all right. We'll, we'll, We'll survive. The other, oh, man, this was the other major, like, twit storm uh, controversy. I think even F1 got alerted to it and released a video in response, basically. But um, so Formula One came out with this like tribute to the hybrid era video, and it goes to it's a very nice video, a very good summary of what happened from the duration of the hybrid era. You know, it talks about Lewis and Nico, talks about it, I think it briefly mentions some competition from like, um, you know, it talks about wins with like Charles Leclerc, talks about. Gasly, Ocon wins, things like that. Um, 
But a glaring point that was left out, and this is what drove people absolutely insane, was that Sebastian Vettel was like nowhere to be mentioned in the video. And oh my God, it blew up Twitter. People were going insane. People were like writing these threads, basically these essays on why Sebastian was better than people say he was in the hybrid hour. They talk about how Ferrari basically like ruined their chances. And oh my God, the, the Twitter storm was crazy. I, I mean, sometimes F1 Twitter can be like one of the most toxic things. If you get like sucked into it, it can just be a nightmare. But yeah, people were up in arms. And, and it was funny because then coincidentally, not so long after that hybrid error video, I think Three days later, they came out with, uh, you know, Sebastian Vettel top 10 moments video, which obviously referenced a lot from the hybrid era. And I can understand why people are mad. I mean, that Ferrari battle with Mercedes was, other than Verstappen, was one of the greatest challenges that we had seen in that hybrid era. So I can understand why people were up in arms about it. I can understand why people were feeling like Sebastian Vettel was just seemingly left out. And honestly, I thought people were overreacting on Twitter because... I don't always like to see what's written on Twitter and take it for, you know, obviously 100% because people have their own biases, their own opinions. But when I watched the video, I was quite surprised to how little was mentioned of that. Because I think, I think that was one of the most, other than the Nico Hamilton moments, I think that Vettel and that battle with Hamilton in 1819 were some of the, like, greatest battles in Formula One, you know, that we had during this time. Uh, obviously, other than 2021 with Verstappen and Hamilton. So... It was amazing, and I can understand why people are understandably frustrated. But, uh, again, that goes back to showing, like, you, you just can't mess with F1 Twitter. Like, if you leave out something, it's caught. Like, F1 Twitter can be both a godsend and it can be a dark hole of, oh, man, just hard takes and people just being brutal, absolutely brutal. So that that is what happened with the uh, whole Vettel Twitter storm. Uh, it was quite interesting, but other than that, I mean, it was a quiet week. I know we had some teams mentioning that they were releasing their liveries. In case anybody wants to, oh, completely forgot, uh, we're getting Singapore, Singapore, we're getting Singapore until 2028, so that's exciting. I love that track. That's one of my favorite tracks. Nice little scenery there, nice little racing. I think it's got a little bit of everything. I think a lot of us do like Singapore. I think it's a favorite track among many of us. So, uh, yeah, Singapore, Formula E started today. First practice, Giovinazzi was not that impressive, in case anybody was wondering. Uh, w Series released their calendar, too, which I got to say some interesting races for them. They're going to also be racing at Miami, uh, Barcelona, Silverstone, La Castellet, France, Budapest, Suzuka, Circuit of the Americas, and Mexico City. So the W Series has some interesting races on, this, on their uh, schedule as well. McLaren fired up their engine. Max Verstappen got his new ha uh, helmet ex helmet design with the number one on it, and um, and then we just had some more livery dates confirmed, I believe. So, in case anybody wants to know when these launch dates are going to be, uh, we're having Aston Martin February tenth, McLaren February eleventh, Alpha Tauri February fourteenth, Ferrari February seventeenth. Mercedes, February 18th, and Alpine, February 21st. So in a span of 11 days, we're getting six launches. And who knows when Alfa Romeo, Haas, Red Bull, and Williams are going to release there. So 
February could be enough news to get us to March. We're like right there again on the edge, folks. We're on the precipice of the new season starting. But anyway, and the whole reason why I was making this podcast and just kind of moving along with the news and not talking more about it is I want to cover one of my other teams in this team review that I've been doing every week. So we're going to the fourth place team in the Constructor Championship, and that was McLaren F1 Racing. McLaren, of course, with the new Mercedes engine. McLaren, I think a lot of high hopes going into 2021. You know, they have that uh, driver crew of Lando Norris and Danny Ricardo, uh, the Honey Badger. You know, I think people were, like, really looking at this team like, yeah, I think this team could contend for a win or two and maybe surprise some people. So McLaren going into the 2021 season, I think most definitely one of the most hyped teams, especially with Lando being there, uh, Danny Rick getting in. And, man, I think the first half of the season was a mixed bag for McLaren. For Lando Norris, the first half of that season was amazingly consistent. I mean, we had Lando Norris in the first 10 races. His only finish outside of the top five was in Spain. Uh, Of course, Belgium, he was out of the points, but I don't know if we can really count Belgium because I know he got into that nasty qualifying accident. That was actually, like, literally one of the scariest moments, I think, of this year. Um, You know, that terrible accident at Spa he got into, and, of course, being regulated to start P14, and then the rain... So we can't really count Belgium. Uh, Zanvoort, he then finished 10th. And then, of course, there was the McLaren bright spot at Monza. And for Lando, you know, finishing second, I think Lando, oh, man, Lando really wanted some way to weasel into that victory. But you knew that with Danny Rick in the lead, there was no way McLaren was going to do some team order thing and flip him around. But that was one of the coolest things that McLaren won to finish, seeing, you know, Daniel... Uh, Daniel, wow, come Daniel. Danny Rick, seeing Ricardo, seeing Norris, seeing Zach Brown all do shoeies, and Valtteri just kind of standing there like, uh, all right, guys, this is what they do, huh? Um, but, I mean, it was epic, that one-two finish, and I think it's so mind-blowing that the only one-two finish we had this year was literally McLaren um, in Monza. That was just... For some reason, Monza, that that Monza race, I know there was the Lewis and Max incident, but that Monza race just felt special. It was just like the right time, the right team to win. The celebration was epic. I think that was one of the coolest moments, if not the coolest moment other than, I guess you could say, the last race. I I really think that was the coolest moment of 2021. I, I can't think of a moment like more special. And then after Monza, oh, man, poor Lando. Lando, 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 Lando. It seems... All right, so when Lando got taken out in Hungary, I know that wasn't his fault, but when he got taken out in Hungary, I, I was at a bachelor party for my friend's wedding, who was a big Lando fan. When Lando had his disaster in Russia, I don't want to call it a disaster, but it was. Um, when Lando had his moment at Russia, I was coming back from that friend's wedding, so... This guy who's a big McLaren, big Lando fan, obviously I shouldn't like go to events surrounding him when there's a race because it's no good for Lando. It just spells bad news. Um, but the Lando hype was real going into Russia. I mean, he qualified well just solely based on you know pace at that time. He found himself in first, 
based on pace. He was holding on. The rain started to come. Lewis was breathing down his throat. And there was that epic, that unforgettable, that infamous call for Lando to pit. And Lando saying, no, no, no. And, oh, man, that race hurt. That race, watching that race, you know, part of me was like, okay. Now, this is why I'm not an F1 driver, but I'm like thinking like, part of me is like, all right. Four laps to go, only a section of the track's wet. The driver's got to know what the conditions are like. I'm like, you know what? Maybe Lando's going to pull through on this somehow. He's going to make the right call. And then, oh, my God. You could just see him struggling with that car. And then he went into that corner and just like, it was like the car was on trolley wheels. Like, it just like (laughs) skateboarded out of control. And I was like, oh. Like, my heart literally sunk. Because, listen, I'm not like a huge Lando fan, but I am a huge fan of seeing like first time winners and just like these great moments in Formula One. And oh man, we were just purely robbed of one of the great moments and a great race. But, you know, Lewis, to his credit, you know, he pitted and it worked out. Max Verstappen, by the way, underrated in that race, finishing second. But after that, Lando's performance was just, there wasn't much bright spots after that. I mean, um, this was really the point where Ferrari started improving and McLaren kind of just, I don't even want to say McLaren like went down. I think they just kind of plateaued and, you know, I, I was kind of amazed looking at the statistics after the finishes, but I mean, Lando's performance just kind of fell off after that. It was seventh in Turkey, eighth USA, Mexico, 10th, Brazil, 10th. I mean, just all outside except for basically except for, um, Abu Dhabi, where he finished sixth, uh, seventh, sorry. Uh, you know, his strong start just kind of like petered off, ended up finishing sixth in the driver's championship. So, Fernando, amazing. I mean, he was third for a long time in that driver's championship and then just fell out. Uh, for Danny Rick, his story with McLaren was a whole nother thing. I mean, Danny Rick has not been shy about the struggles he had this year. He talked about how. At times, he doubted himself, felt like, uh, you know, disappointed in his performance. I mean, he wasn't afraid to hide how he felt about his racing this year. But, I mean, right off the bat, Danny Rick was behind Lando in almost every race in those first 10, with the exception of Spain. And people were, like, really questioning, like, is Danny Rick over? Is it, like, his driving style? Um, you know, his best race after that was his probably one bright spot. Aside from what I'll get to in a second with Monza was Silverstone where he finished fifth. But Danny Rick really surprised us all. I mean, his weekend at Monza was a strong weekend. I mean, he was strong in the sprint race. He was strong from the start at Monza too. Like, he was aggressive. He pulled out to the lead. He was holding that lead. I don't know if he would have held it on, uh, held on to it, you know, depending on what happened with Max and Lewis, all that. But... I mean, Monza really was epic for him. I mean, he was like, you know, when he said like, for all the doubters or for all the haters that said I wouldn't be back and well, I'm back. Like, it was one of, like I said, it was a truly feel-good moment for Formula One. And I think to see Danny Rick not just on the podium doing a shoey like we got last season, but to see him celebrating a victory for McLaren with 1-2, with Lando, with Zach Brown in Monza, I mean, like I said before, truly an epic performance. But 
And sadly, after that, I mean, the performances just fell off again. And in those last couple of races, he only had three finishes in the points after Russia. He got a fourth in Russia. Uh, he had USA finish fifth and Saudi fifth. So overall, I think we could say that Danny Rick's season was underwhelming. It was a disappointment. Uh, he finished eighth in the driver's points, only five ahead of Pierre. So, I mean, it was just a disappointing season for Danny Ricardo, and I get it. There's, you know, you have to get used to a new team. You have to get used to maybe a car that's not suited for your driving style. Uh, maybe that doesn't, at times, have the pace. I, I mean, I don't know because the car did have the pace. Lando proved, you know, how well that car could drive, uh, but maybe it just didn't fit his style. But if we're going to summarize McLaren as a whole, I think we could say they had a really great start to the season. Uh, Lando was amazingly consistent to start, and then the wheels kind of fell off towards the end, which again, I think is more towards Ferrari's credit, maybe more so to McLaren's credit. Uh, for Daniel Ricciardo, most of the season was a disappointment. I don't think he would even deny that. Um he had some flashes of brilliance, some flashes of the old Danny Rick, especially with Monza. Um, and for McLaren overall, their first half successes were basically wiped out by Ferrari's ability to come back strong. And basically, Ferrari was able to come back and show why they deserved third in the Constructors' Championship. So, um, you know, I think overall, McLaren, in some ways performed up to people's expectations. I mean, we saw Lando battling at the front. We saw Danny Rick getting a victory. We saw great consistency from Lando. But I think in the second half of the season, they really just were not the same team that they were. And, of course, that's why, you know, um, it just differs. That's why. You know, like, it just shows, like, how quick things can change in Formula 1 with developments and engine changes and all this stuff. So... Uh, yeah, overall, I think people would be disappointed in McLaren's performance, but at the same time, they'd be able to find bright spots. Listen, for me personally, I do think McLaren has a good operation. I think they got the right people in the right places. I mean, I love Andres Seidel. I think he's one of the, like, the greatest team bosses that uh, a team could have. I think he's very passionate. I think his focus and his determination with the team really shows, so... I think that's a major, major bright spot on McLaren. I think they got the right people in the right places. Uh, I don't think Lando Norris is a bad driver. I think Lando has shown how good he can be. Maybe some of his inexperience gets in the way sometimes, but Lando's going to be a force to reckon with. And I don't think Danny Rick is done. Like, I think in 2022, uh, one, I think McLaren... Oh, and of course, you can't. I would be remiss if I mentioned Zach Brown. Zach Brown... I truly believe that of the CEOs that are heavily involved with their Formula One teams, listen, there's no, no doubt that Total Wolf is a beast and that Total Wolf knows exactly what he's doing and Total Wolf like is the model. But I think right under him, you got to consider Zach Brown. Like Zach Brown, I feel like he truly knows how to put people in the right places. He has a long-term vision and goals for this team. And I think he will get it done. I, I truly believe that McLaren will find a way to be competitive. To be fighting for wins consistently. To be fighting for a driver's championship. Or at least a constructor's championship consistently. I think they will find a way. 
Will that be 2022? We don't know. 2022 is like one of the hardest seasons, I think, to predict. I want to say McLaren's going to be well. I want to say McLaren could be one of those surprise teams with these new regulations. But at the same time, it can be unpredictable because we don't know if a team's going to miss the mark or if a team's going to hit the mark. But I do think, truly believe, I truly, truly, truly do believe that if there is a team not to fall asleep on, that if there is a team to look forward to, that it is McLaren. I think they got a lot of good things going in the future. If you look at the team as a whole, their IndyCar operation is great. I mean, Paddle Award is a beast. That could be a guy we end up seeing in Formula One in the future too. So let's not discount McLaren. Uh, I'm really excited to see what they can do. I think it would be cool to see them fight again. I mean, the possibility of us having... This is what is so cool about the 2022 regulations. I truly think... and I might be wrong. I could be completely wrong. But in my heart, I truly think that next year, we will see at least Mercedes, Red Bull, McLaren, and Ferrari. And maybe throw an Alpine... I think we will see those teams and those drivers consistently competing against one another closely. I think it's going to be a lot closer than we think. So I think this is like this top half of the field, these top five teams from Mercedes to Red Bull to Ferrari to McLaren to Alpine, I think are going to be interesting. And then, hey, maybe they're in a variable. Maybe they're in an Aston Martin. They've put a lot of money forward. They're really trying to put their resources in the right places. Maybe they'll be a surprise team. And I think that midfield is going to shrink. I really think that we won't have so much of a midfield, but we'll have more of a good cars and then meh, cars. I, I think that's how it's going to work. I don't think. Or maybe they're all close. I mean, I don't know. But like I said, 2022 looking interesting. I think we can expect a lot from McLaren. So I hope you guys enjoyed that take. Share your opinions. You can follow me at, at an American F1. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I'm on TikTok. Um, I have a website, a little blog that I've been writing things about. So uh, feel free to comment, to start a dialogue. Like I said, I'm more than willing to listen to your takes on F1. Just keep it PG. Keep it friendly because there's no room really for you know us to be up in arms against each other. But yeah, and uh, if you're bored this weekend, there's some cool things going on. I'm actually going to Florida, so I'm excited. I want to see if there's a way I can get into the 24 hours of Daytona. But that's always a fun little like race to watch before you know a lot of racing seasons get started. And then, of course, there also is the Formula E championship starting in Saudi Arabia. So if you want to catch that, you know there's some good. There actually is a lot of good quality talent in Formula E. Uh, I know some people it doesn't appeal to. It's not the same as Formula One racing, but hey. Give it a watch. You might like it. it. I know it's no Formula One racing, but it's like a novelty. It's kind of interesting. You know, it's got its moments. So I recommend watching it. You can choose not to, but I think it's pretty good. So thanks again, guys, for listening. I hope you enjoyed. I hope you have a great weekend. Looking forward to hearing whatever opinions you might have. And thanks for listening if you listen to this. So I'll talk to you again a few days soon. We'll go over Ferrari and talk about what to expect with their season. So over and out, guys. Enjoy.